and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Ben and Marcel are back to talk through some of the racing from the meadows of Flakau and the icy slopes of Kranskagora. Uh, it was a weekend of contrasting pistes, let's say. The women were on a gnarly, icy, steep terrain of Kranska and the men were sort of rolling on the uh, on the meadows as uh, Mr. Feller put. What did you guys make of the racing? The men's look pretty icy as well from some of the shots we got sent from various technicians uh, across the uh, uh, across the World Cup. But the, the racing was really exciting. Um, I didn't want to talk too much about the the, the piece. It was a good build up uh, having Manny Feller saying there, uh, stoking some fires about what a nice uh, uh, fairy tale meadow it was. But the piece looked in excellent condition. And to be honest with you, from the conditions we've had at some of the races this year, it was just nice to get some fairly equal runs for uh, the early and late starters good across both races for that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm agreeing with Ben, actually. I spoke to my dad briefly and he said it was bloody icy. He couldn't hold himself and it's <laughs> not that Steve. So I guess, it, I guess it was really good. And Kranskogora, I mean, that was, that was brilliant. Um, I think probably by far the best slope the girls have had this year. And let's hope they can keep it up for the men's race at the end of the season as well. Yeah, as much as it was an easy slope, the racing definitely didn't suffer for it being on an easy slope. It was tight. It was uh, exciting and it threw everything at it. I just, I was thoroughly entertained. On the first day, on the Saturday, we saw Marco Schwarz in third. Noel, yet again, Buckling under the pressure, is that too harsh after leading on the first run uh, and into second and then Manny Feller picking up? I can't believe it's his first World Cup win, by the way. No, I thought that this week as well. The fact that both Schwartz and Feller picked up what turned out to be their first World Cup kind of pure slalom victories. They've been around for long enough and podium uh, finishes for long enough that you just presumed they'd won more. Um, so that was that was really really interesting to see. But again, fella came back. We said last week he was we, we were joking about how long he could go skiing consistently before he finally messed up. But but he really put two runs together. And like you're saying with the piece, it doesn't really matter how easy it is because this is World Cup racing. Everyone's going to push as hard as they can to find that limit uh, to, to go as fast as they possibly can. Um, I wouldn't say no buckled I think he just he, he made some mistakes but he didn't it wasn't like he laid down or made a stupid mistake they were all you know just him trying to get as much speed as possible and, and not quite being able to hang on you know fella really put the pressure on uh, with with his skin on that first day um, and yeah it was I think it was re- really good racing across both days in the slalom. I don't don't you think that it was or both of you like that it was surprisingly far distance between the first and the 30th I thought it's going to be a lot closer I mean it was I can't remember exactly but somewhere around two seconds and something uh, which I thought would be a lot closer looking at the past races and also how well (laughs) easy apparently it is (laughs) for some people um yeah what was it the first day was over to the second day was what 1.7 it was a lot closer the next day the only reason I was saying about Noel buckling I think buckling is much too is, is definitely too harsh a statement to level at him. But my point is, I, he's the fastest slalom skier out there at the moment, isn't he? And we have seen what he he's only what where did he win? Where was his his victory from? I think he hasn't won this year. Has he not won this year? 
No, I think he had a he has a bit of a shocker to be honest. Like he's had a couple of DNFs and a couple of good runs and a couple of bad runs. And actually, I said in the last podcast, last podcast that Noel is the quickest skier. Mm. I actually think Feller and him are pretty much on the same level. Maybe Feller even quicker when he gets to the bottom um, with two good runs. So I mean, it was for so him. It's you about, know, it's about consistency, then, isn't it? Because if he because he is the fastest, uh, you know, arguably joint fastest in your opinion, or the fastest. And we have seen leading first runs on a couple of occasions, obviously came second there, lost, you know, 0.43 back after leading the first run. I just was, you know, just interested to see what you guys make of, of that. And is that just being a youngster that's relative, I mean, relatively inexperienced, just doesn't have that, sort of karma head on his shoulders, been there, done that a million times, and and I know how to recover from mistakes. I mean, he's won a few World Cups now, so it's not like he hasn't quite, it's not like he hasn't got there yet. So and That's when you're on a roll of momentum, right? Like that's like... Yeah, I, I think he just hasn't probably found it this season. So I think those questions were there with him previously. He got to that level of, as, as Marcel said, being one of the fastest guys on, on the hill, but then kept throwing in mistakes and it just happened to be there on the second run and that's when your brain does kick in a bit higher uh, gear in terms of what you need to do to seal a race and we've talked about the likes of Schifrin managing a lead or the Hersher approach of just winning both runs um, and it just looked like something's just not quite there for Noel this season clearly the speed is but just keeping it in check the whole way down is, is just eluding him a little bit and I've no doubt he's gonna he's gonna come good at some point um provided you know podcasts and uh reporters and everyone don't keep saying are you struggling with second runs are you bothering it <laughs> no but also like think about it he's 21 or 22 or whatever like that's incredibly young and he won six races already it's always gone pretty much uphill and now like obviously it's creeping a bit in his head he might not be as experienced with situations not being good or not not being well, not being good is, is really wrong, but not being as consistently good. And if you look at, at Christopherson, it's the same issue. Like he never had that in his life and he is struggling with it. Um, and he is, has a lot more experience. So I think for Noel, give him like a race that he really smacks it, like have a really good result, um, probably winning in this case, I would say. And then he will be back, no doubt about it. Uh, as you mentioned, Henrik Christofferson, should we touch quickly onto the uh, to that lovely blog post? It's like it's like a journalist's dream, a blog, a blog post like that, isn't it? <laughs> um, I was I was going to jump in on, on Marcel's last point and say, speaking of, of people who are struggling with confidence, are we going to talk about Christofferson? But you beat you beat me to it. Um, yeah, that that blog post was was kind of insightful, and I think I don't know. There's already been some interesting reaction to it from various kind of other athletes and. Um, news outlets as to some people using it as something to get on his case about um, and s some other people uh, kind of supporting him a little bit on it. It's, it was an interesting one. So he effectively, after Adel Bowden, did a, a, a blog post to say where he thinks things have been going a bit wrong for him. And he made some interesting comments about the GS course setting um, and, and saying that the sets this year really haven't suited him as it's more about speed and power than it is about 
uh, kind of technique and, and turn sizes and he put some stats of finish times um, at Adelboden in, in previous years to try and back that up but he just looks like someone who's who's struggling a bit for confidence, which is hilarious when you think of the fact he's also actually won a race this season as well, um, in, in as bad a year as he as he seems to be having. Um, but something's not there in the slalom. You could see him both days this weekend, kind of came into the finish, immediately skied out. One day he pushed the camera out of the way, and the <laughs> next day the camera followed him, and you could hear him kind of talking to his partner about how he wasn't happy with, with something. But... I don't know if it's a problem with his setup or not because he just doesn't look comfortable. He, I'm not used to seeing him break away from so many turns before. He'll look like he's got it, like he's got the aggression when he comes out the gate when he gets himself all fired up. But then out of nowhere, you'll just see just three or four really uncharacteristic turns for him. And I, I think he just needs to like just, just ski, just in, like go back to just trying to in, enjoy it. Just go all out and don't don't overcomplicate it. I think there must be something fundamentally wrong with his setup as well because he was literally slipping at every gate in the first in the first run in the first race, and I've never seen that before. Like I genuinely was shocked seeing that, and I felt really sorry because I know how it is when the equipment doesn't work together and you try everything, which he which he definitely does, but it's just not working and and it's not. It's not very it's not a nice feeling i guess <laughs> when you go down and you know exactly you you just you have no chance of being anywhere close to winning that race specifically when you have one i don't know 23 races in his in his career he's he's been spending a lot of time checking out his setup and, and looking at skis and looking at uh, and, and the equipment and stuff like that and sometimes i do think i think we touched on this before it's easy to get caught up in trying to fix it with your equipment rather than fix it with what you're actually doing. Yeah, that that blog post was, I don't know, he's obviously got a bee in his bonnet and he puts out some stats about 10 seconds quicker this year than it was like three or four years ago. And yeah, sure, that's not going to suit him, but it obviously suits other people. You, you're allowed to set within the parameters of fizz that, that, that fizz have set up. So you know, somebody can set it really turny when Christopherson's coaches get in there and he won't be the only one that likes it turny. I'm sure that it's going to be a proper swinger and the other guys want it a bit faster. I think, I think Mauricio put up a post saying, if you don't like speed, it's part and parcel of GS. I think he put something a bit more brutal than that. Then uh, if you're from he the said, take, up, take up cross country, that's what he <laughs> says. <laughs> but, but also like if you, he was then like giving examples of people getting injured because of the core set, which I think is just not, it's just not right. Like those, those guys they did like mistakes like it was not it was not the course's fault it was literally their mistake most of it like you can't I don't, I don't think it's fair to blame it on the course and as Ed quite rightly said there are regulatories and, and it's all within the regulatory so uh, it's probably better to search for for some other excuse if you want to search for an excuse. Manny Feller put two runs together and walked away with the win in Austria just feel so bad. I know we say it all the time, but no fans winning your first World Cup in Austria. That's got to be like, I don't know, that's a real kick in the teeth at the end of the day, isn't it? You, you, you win a home race, your first one, and you're there with about 20 people instead of like 20,000 people. Yeah, yeah, I could see you being gutted, but there's not there's not much you can do about it this season. No, you of know, course not. Like, there's, he, no one's ever going to be able to take it away from him. Uh, and like I said, that it's quite, I think I said it on one of the earlier podcasts, it's been really weird this year to see, you almost kind of see a bit more emotion 
from the athletes because they're not playing to any crowd. They're not, you know, like, uh, you know, wait, waving to anyone in particular. And you see the bond between their teammates a lot more than you would have done previously. So, I mean, he didn't look like he was holding anything back with the celebrations. He looked like he knew exactly how much it meant to him. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy for him because for a long time, we've been talking about how absolutely ridiculously fast he is for 10 turns or for a run or for a run and a half. And this year we'd started to see glimpses of what consistent Manny looked like. And now he's just kind of pressed the pedal down a tiny bit more and added it. He's kind of really starting to play with that line between kind of like just fast and crazy uh, Manny, which is what we, what we enjoy watching. But as well as as well as Manny skiing really well, I thought Dave on uh, Saturday another really solid race from Dave. I was really happy. Put some incredible turns together. It was a tiny. Uh, I don't know. I don't know quite what happened. He lost a bit of time on the very last split um, on on one of the runs, which couldn't quite work out what had, what had cost him that speed. But a really good finish to back up that that podium from last week. I think he was very, he was so consistent throughout the weekend, wasn't he? Like he wasn't on like top seat, unfortunately, but he was he was in the mix, close in the mix. He could have gone either way, really. Um, maybe having a bit of a better result, but I I think he is he has got his consistency back. Like if you look at last year, where it was always a bit of an up and down, um, and this year he's really consistent, which is which is great to see. And also Taylor Laurie, like almost making the second run. On the second day. Yeah, he was yeah. flying, wasn't he? So was he missed it by 18 hundredths? Yeah, that's such a bummer. That's tough, isn't it? Um, that does that brings us on to the second day, which was slightly easier with the weather. It wasn't quite as much of a blizzard. Um, and Marcel, your old favourite, finding some slalom form in third place. Alexi Pantero moved up from eighth to third on the second run. Marco Schwartz moved up from fourth to second. And Foss Solovarg held his nerve and another incredibly emotional uh, first World Cup win. Um, we were talking about the emotion. I feel like we're seeing more emotion. I think that is maybe down to what you were saying, Ben, about the lack of crowd. Uh, and it's just sort of being a little bit more raw and there's no, no, there's less people there to sort of, I don't know, to be in front of. But I wonder also whether it's like, because some of these guys are slightly older, not old, you know, but just not young, that I feel like a lot of these guys have been on the tour for such a long time still. I mean, Foss Solovarg, I think, don't quote me, but I think he got his first podium back in 2015 or two, or 2016. So he's been on the tour for like five top of the tour for five six years and hadn't done a world cup the same with fella slightly older been around for a long time been in Hirsch's shadow you know for, for most of his career and then it finally coming good and you really know what the world cup means to you when you've been there that long i think sometimes the young guns coming up and just breeze their way in you know the likes of Kermit Noel or Lucas Broughton or Hirscher or Schifrin whenever she when she first started and, and it's almost like these young guns don't get the grind that a lot of the World Cuppers have to have and have been through to get to the top. Um, but I'm loving, I'm loving seeing that emotional side of of, uh, of the athletes. I think it's brilliant. And uh, yeah, Foss Solovarg, was a, that was a run of, of, of nerve challenging heights. Yeah, and with Foss Solovarg, you don't, yeah. I will, what you can quote is me, 
uh, saying, Ed, you should probably pick him when you were doing your 15th um last weekend of who you're going to pick on the second day. Oh, it was I said, me. It was you me should that... have stuck with Fosolovic. And you're like, nah, I'm going for that, sir. It was, <laughs> it was me that buckled under the pressure, not him. He knew exactly what he was doing. It was me going, oh, he's, he's, he can't handle it. He's making too many mistakes. Oh, I was but so chuffed. In fairness, we all had a pretty bad Sunday for predictions. Oh, uh, <laughs> all three of us with zero points. So, I've uh, had a fucking <laughs> weekend. Like, that we, is just one to forget again. And I, got Marcel, I was just having a little look, Marcel, at the points. Dave Riding only picked up three for the whole weekend so you're in good company because marcel you picked up five i picked up five ben closed the gap on us and the lead he he picked he picked up an extra point so he's got six Um, (laughs) if this season goes on for another year and a half i'll be up there in no time (laughs) the the big mover malcolm erskine goes up into second place jamie aldridge goes up into third trip cave Big weekend, Mark Poole had a big weekend. So uh, everybody's closed the gap on Dave, which is good. Um, but unfortunately, he's still in the lead. So we, we need to hunt him down still. Dave's got Dave. enough sponsors. He doesn't need Powderhound stuff. Yeah, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. But I have ordered, uh, and it should. I can't wait for it to come in the post, the um, the crystal mug for, <laughs> for the winner, <laughs> an extra prize for the winner. So it's a... It's not a mug. It's a it's a crystal tumbler thing. But I think the, do you uh, want to have my address right away or what? Uh, I think you're fairly far away from it, Marcel. You've definitely lost it. And the more often that you end up coming on the pod to, to give your predictions, the the, uh, the the you're not allowed to pick necessarily exactly who you want. So you, you're gonna have to start saying no to the call when I'm like Marcel. Do you want to come and pod? You're like, nope. I'll need to pick who I want to win. <laughs> no, the more I got, to no, pick. <laughs> the more I come on a podcast, the more I got put off by you two experts talking about ski racing. <laughs> That's a lot nicer than what you were calling us before we went live. And we should we should definitely put the expert no, I, in quotation marks at all times. I'm just so pissed off because Charlie sent me a message saying I'm still ahead. I'm still ahead, and I was like ahead of what? And he's like podcast prediction. So, like it's it's in his head. That's basically the only thing that's in his head right now, I guess. Well, uh, Raposo picked up an extra point on both of us, so he managed to get away slightly. And don't forget if you do still uh, want to pick up any of the stuff from over at powderhound our lovely sponsors for the predictions league you can still use the code ski pod 10 for a discount you can pick up loads of stuff they've got a few bits of sale on as well now uh, as well as some masks as we still need to mask up uh, for now so hopefully uh, you guys can find all the details of that on line and also that brings us on quite nicely to the ski racing podcast website We've been hard, working hard in the background of our lovely friends over at Unearth Digital who have put together the ski racing podcast.com. You can now listen via the website. You can watch all the YouTube extra stuff by the website. And you can also now add your predictions in on the play button on the website. You guys had a little look? Yeah, it's great. And I have actually the key, the access key, so I can change my predictions if I want to <laughs> more importantly can you change Charlie's predictions <laughs> oh well, he's he's gonna go well he's I'm gonna put him his, his himself on himself next time so let's see how that works out <laughs> what, what for the downhill at Kitzbühel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean I know Charlie likes you know rates himself but that's that's a bit much I think yeah so you can now anybody listening you can now plug in your predictions on the website go take a look uh, and let us know what you think um we're pretty pleased with how it's turned out. So thank you 
to Ollie and Sam over Unearth Digital. Thanks very much. Shall we have a little look at the ladies racing? It was properly good. Oh, Ben, you just wanted to add in something quickly. Sorry, mate. I nearly moved away before you had your... Uh... No, that's fine. I was too slow typing in the uh, in the group chat to, to say, do we, do we want to um, pick up on the incredible performance from AJ Guinness as well, the uh, uh, American-turned-Greek uh, he had a flying performance on the Sunday slalom. What did he go into? Was it 10th? I think 11th. he finished 11th in the end. 11th. But he, yeah, charged from like bib 50-something. Um, again, haven't got the actual stats in front of me. But um, yeah, charged in that. But then that recovery, like the third last skate when he nearly binned it. Yeah, I mean, oh. that's that's why we watch racing. It's for things like that, those kind of recoveries. Uh, when it's, you know... and. You'll probably get it, Ed, when you're commentating. It's so hard to know what people are going for when they've come from a high bib number. It's one thing when you just make the flip and you're starting right at the beginning and you've got the clean course, but when you put down a run that's put you solidly in the pack, you know, what, what, what do I do? Do I Clearly, I'm fast enough. I'm having a good day. Do I go really big or do I really just solidify the points? And you'll hear the commentators sometimes say, oh, he looks like he's skiing for the finish. And it didn't look like that was what AJ was going for. But then when you see a mistake happen, you're like, oh, don't mess this up. Please hold on. Please hold on. Yeah, Marcel, what, what about you? Remember the first time that you skied into the top 30? Because, yeah, we talk about it a lot about whether the races are going for a finish or whether they're going for a point, you know, to go and sort of really move up and challenge. I, I kind of think that somebody like Guinness, who's been around for a little while on the tour, realizes the importance of taking an opportunity when you've got it. And when you're normally starting bib high 50s or mid 50s, that you don't often get the opportunity for a second run. So you need a big point score to maybe try and get your way into the top 30. Because otherwise next week, you're going to be starting back in the, in the 50s anyway. It's no, you're not going to get into the top 30 picking up five, six points. Yeah, that's the thing. Like that's what most people don't realize. Once you're in the top 30, it's, it's quite hard to get off it. Obviously I made it. Well done to me. But to, to, get, into, <laughs> to get into the top 30 is incredibly tough. I remember... I was, I think he was in Alta Vadia and I was like 25th after the first round. I was buzzing. And on the sixth or seventh gate, I laid down and then I was like, it just kept on going. And like, I ended up 28th. Um, and I knew that was just rubbish because like, what are you going to do? Like, you can't, you have to go for it, but you shouldn't, like, you shouldn't miss on whatever, like make a big mistake. You can't afford it. But then so the... were, were you thinking about just when you made it your first time in, were you thinking about, you know, no, I was actually trying to go for it. Like I was, I was trying to go for it. And on the second race, which is quite funny, which I made it into the points, I was 26 and I was really lucky and I ended up being third <laughs> at the end. Um, <laughs> it was like, I mean, the conditions were tough. Like it was windy. You know what? I went for it, but it, like everything played in my favor. So that was a bit lucky. But hey, um, I think you should go for it. I mean, there's only, there's only one chance really, is there? Yeah. And if, and, and you, if you want a better bib number, if you're normally starting in the fifties, what's two points? I mean, looks, it feels good because you've got a second run, but you, at the end of the day, a couple of points means you're still going to start at the back. No, um, there's nothing. But th this, I think the recovery, it's like took, it's taken him to the Olymp. Uh, is it Olymp, the mountain? Yeah. So he's now a Greek god as well. I thought that was a good one. <laughs> uh, ben, have you had a chance to look at the WCSL? Does that do anything for him in terms of starts for next, for the next World Cup in Schladming? I haven't seen anything for uh, AJ's. I saw that Dave's kind of 
solidified his position now. So he's up to, I think, 11. Uh, and the people behind him are not performing particularly well. So uh, making his way back towards that top seed. So another good uh, sign performance next week. And uh, we'll have Dave right up the top. Uh, should we move over to the ladies now? So we saw, yeah, what was like that piece is real. Like you said, Marcel, it's a great piece for the ladies to go and race on. Maribor is a bit, I mean, that's that's a meadow really, isn't it? Old um, Maribor, it's a bit of an easier slope. Uh, so it was nice to see the world's best challenged, like, you know, like they should be. The piece was rock solid, the set looked decent um, and it brought out some really good skiing. Michelle Gissin now picking up a podium in giant slalom. So she's now got, uh, podium in all the disciplines uh tessa warley ben thankfully for her you didn't pick her so she managed to come in in second uh and then uh Bassino just she owned she absolutely owned day one and i mean she pretty much owned day two as well but it was uh it was a brilliant set of races for the ladies it was and i i like what marcel said about the piece and it was quite interesting to see as well that they'd moved the start up as well so uh, in comparison to last year when robinson was absolutely imperious uh they said on the commentary that they'd moved us the start up to, to where the men race from as well so it was both steep icy and long uh and just a full-on challenge and it was it, it was incredible to watch Bassino just shred everyone really happy for Tessa to see her really put some turns down I think we've established now that one me picking her is is dangerous for Tessa uh, and two that the conditions they've had up to this point in the predominantly soft snow just really don't suit the, the style that she's got and she really does need it uh, a, a lot more solid uh, it was really good to see her coming back to form um, and, and having a, a brilliant brilliant ski but that ice looked like it was scaring some of the other athletes there was a very kind of clear delineation between that kind of like you know top five or six or however many we're saying it is now uh, and everyone else um there were a lot of people that i thought it almost like they were backing off in a, in a big way not just being tentative because they weren't sure if they were going to grip but they looked actively kind of scared probably not the right word but just really tentative and I was yeah I was shouting a little bit in the telly just saying just you know believe in yourself and let's do this you know you're, you're the you're the you know you're the you're the best skiers in the world let's you know let's go for it but it's all like it's, it's really tough because the women's races tend to be like not as steep and not as icy as as you would think as a man's race but you can, I felt you can see that obviously some girls were struggling a bit with the conditions because haven't trained it very much. Um, it's, it's something new, but then it progressively gets better. Like you get used to it, you know, like once you know the edges hold onto the eyes, you're fine with it. Like it's, you, I thought you can, you can just see that it was getting better and better for the athletes. I mean, except for one, because she was bang on from the beginning, but um, that's a different story. But I, I thought it was it was nice to see them in Kranzkogora. I think it's a really lovely hill to ski. It's very technical. Um, it has everything in it, steeps as they're starting from the top and then rollers, flats. So I think that's really nice to watch there. And also for, for people on the TVs. It's one of those that it really brings out the best skiing, uh, the best skiers, sorry. I think, you know, the likes of Tessa Worley, whose technique is incredible. Um, that comes to the fore. Lara Goot showed some showed some really good skiing and runs. Again, I, I think I feel like Lara Goot, if she could just get rid of some of that drift, like that, the drift is the killer for her because she's such a an aggressive 
competent technical skier and that drift is like i don't know she just is overused in her skiing in my opinion but she she's um nice to see her coming back and i don't know like i, I thought it was really good racing uh vlahova looked exhausted i mean we are guessing or making deductions from the amount of racing that she's done so far but i, I feel like she got to the bottom of that and looked like she she'd uh, really really run out of energy like that steep right at the finish looked like she was you know stiff legs like you see at the bottom of places like vengen you know those last couple of turns where it's just stiff legs straight out brace 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 until until you get the chance to try and stop and and for me she just looked really tired i wonder if they're going to make any adjustments to the schedule like to her schedule to make sure that she's she's a little bit fresher when it comes to comes to to world champs because gs you'd think like she what she gs world champ as well she i feel like she should be you know basina's had it pretty much all her own way in gs so far isn't she yeah you'd probably think especially seeing as we'd said earlier in the week in flacow uh looked tired you know if it's carrying over into the weekend i think we discussed last week whether it was wise for her to be competing in the speed events or, or trying to do every discipline and and what that's going to do for you with, with the weekend coming up uh two downhills and a super g maybe just have have a rest you know go stick to your tech training and worry about the uh the kind of midweek uh gs in in, in Kronplatz and, and just have a full few days of just recuperating because this the schedule is hectic if you're a multi-discipline racer um Marcel, i wanted to, to ask you as well the We've seen some brilliant skiing from Linsberg over the last couple of years, even in GS as well. And she was, uh, she looked like she hated this weekend. But Siebenhofer, who we really don't see anything from in GS, had her two best ever GS performances back to back. So, uh, yeah. do you reckon we'll see any more from her in, in the GS, or just only when it's ridiculously icy? I mean, she was always like, if you look at her career, she was a really good GS skier um, a while back, but. I think her her technique is just really solid, isn't it? Like, I mean, she skis really, really well. And, and in those conditions, you don't have to overpower or try everything. If you can keep it clean and just do your thing, you, you're most likely going to get a good result because the girl's making probably more mistakes as they would uh, on like a, an easier and, and a less icy piece, a piece. So I think she just had a couple of really clean runs and she's a good skier. Leansberger, well, I guess she's maybe not quite there in GS yet. Um, but obviously, her slalom form is superb, so can't really blame her for it. They maybe have, um, maybe have trained a bit more slalom. I don't know. Um, but I think she also has the capabilities to to be really quick in GS as well. She just needs a bit more self confidence, I guess, in, in GS. On to the second GS race. Meta Hrovat, local hero, back on the podium in third. Michelle Gissin moves up from third to second. Uh, Bassino continues to dominate the giant slam standings. Uh, and Schifrin drops from first to sixth with a very uncharacteristic second run. Um, Marcel, do you see any worrying signs from Schifrin or do you just think it uh, just wasn't her, her day on that second run? I mean, it probably just wasn't her day, really, was it? Um, she didn't look quite as confident as her in her last GS win. I think it's it's so tricky to say like she might not be on on her like 
best form right now because she's still won races and she's still the best ski racer that has ever skied besides Lindsay Vaughn. <laughs> um, so it's it's really hard to to say any any critics here or come up with any critics, but it it's definitely not going as easy as it used to be. Um, and I I would assume that it's probably going to go through the whole season like this. Uh, it's going to be a fight, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard, you know. Like once you start with a season, and you and you come into like the routine and everything, and and it the routine is with her was always really good, um, and really quick skiing and, and really easy for her. But she might be a bit in that routine of like doubting some stuff she's doing this and that, and and it's just tough to get out of there. And you can have really good runs, but then there might be just one or two odd ones that you you don't really like that much. Benjamin, what's your take? I yeah, I was probably a bit more concerned than Marcel with with what I saw from from Schifrin. Um It it just looked like she just was backing off on the second run. I mean, on the first run it was hard to tell because she went down like first or second and just skied in a very easy manner because she seems to pick up grip a lot easier than than her competitors. So it's where other people were fighting the hill, she just looked at ease with it on the first run, but after you'd seen the likes of kind of Tessa really attack and, and Bassino on that second run, you know, really laying it down. It, I, I've never seen her look that tentative on Gieskis before. And I don't know whether there was just a, a bit like we'd, we'd maybe said with some of the other races, because it is so ridiculously icy there. If you have any concerns that you haven't quite got the setup right, it's really hard to commit. And if you don't commit, it immediately looks wrong and, and possibly it was just something perhaps something in the first few turns didn't feel right and it just meant you didn't have that confidence to really commit the way that that the other other couple of uh, ladies had just before her and, and obviously the time just made it look worse and worse but yeah I was I was texting you guys and just saying something really didn't look right on that second run from, it's from certainly when you when you see when you feel when you're on ice whether you're in skiing in downhill or you're skiing slalom when you when you don't get grip, when you don't get a good feeling from the skis early on, you just, you don't have the confidence to try and make any move. You don't have any you know, confidence in what's under your feet to try and risk and take any risks. And so uh, maybe that was what it was. I, I just feel like, I don't know. I just want to get, give her, feel like give her a break so she can hide a little bit and just get on. But everybody's going to expect when you, especially when she picks up the 100th podium, the 68th win, you know, last weekend and, and people are ha hailing in it as we did, like that it was the, the end of the, you know, the, the shifter in sort of ups and downs and expect the floodgates to open type thing. You kind of feel like, and then, and then she does a, a performance like that over the weekend, which by anybody's books would be, you know, a fine. There's nothing wrong with coming sick. They actually are still pretty good. You know, when you're not on your, when you're not on your best day to still come sixth. So, it's a bit like Christopherson, isn't it? Yeah, I had a really bad day. I came sick. You're like, oh yeah, yeah to be you, doesn't it? <laughs> I just feel like um, if she could, if she could hide and just get on with it, she'd be fine. But she's Michaela Schifrin. She's the most famous person in ski racing. No, yeah. no, no place to hide. I'm afraid. My, my takeaway from from that as well is just if there was any concerns with her going back to speed, because there's been talk of her getting the, the long skis back on and, and possibly going out for some super Gs in in the coming weeks. I just say if you're if you're not comfortable, just stick with the slalom and GS. Don't don't worry about it. Like it, you know, we all know that she can win in any discipline. But yeah, after watching that second, I just thought perhaps 
you know, if you're not, if you, the confidence isn't there, just hold off a little bit longer and, and, and keep training and building up the confidence to be ready but, and come back to the speed events when you are, are really ready. But it could also go in the other way. Like maybe she needs to have like a little break of slalom in GS because I know when you, it's getting very monotone. Like you just do the same thing over and over again. Mm. And sometimes it can be quite nice to go and speed ski. It's like no one will expect anything because she hasn't been on it for a long time. So maybe there's less pressure. Maybe that's um, her place to hide. Maybe. You yeah. hear that, Dave? Marcel says you need to do a super G. <laughs> I think actually Dave would quite like to do it, but he's um, he, just, he was never very good at gliding. He, he always put it down to the fact that he wasn't very big. I just think he's got the he's not got the finesse. He's not got the skill. I think he might. He's just <laughs> not skillful enough. I mean, did, you, did you beat him in the gliding? Did I beat Dave in gliding? Yeah. I bloody hope so. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna someone's gonna find out like a British champs result from like nineteen nineteen something where Dave's in front of you. <laughs> Dave's gonna bring up some timings of downhill trainings where he beat you in the gliding sections. <laughs> I'm not sure Dave's ever seen a flat ski. So no, I don't think so. Maybe. But no, yeah, I mean that's interesting, Marcel. Like, yeah, that I definitely think the the change could could be good as well. Um, I was more concerned with just the level of, of confidence. If you haven't got the confidence to lay it down on those skis, you're not going to be going into a high speed uh, race where well, the, the women race so dangerous. The women are going to race in um, Crown Montana next, and that's the speed set. We'll we'll, we'll move on to what's coming up. Um, well, let's let's move into it now. So the, the ladies race in Crown Montana. They race double downhill and then super G. Likewise, the men race two downhills in a super G. So both uh, programs are downhill Friday, downhill Saturday, and then a super G on Sunday. Uh, maybe for sh- like Cram Montana as a speed race is pretty cool. Like the hill is big and open and wide. There's not a huge amount of terrain in it. And if the you know if the weather's decent, as in it's sunny, not not snowing or, or foggy the sun hits that piece really early on so in terms of being able to see what's underneath you it's a, it's a really good one to sort of go and do uh on the men's side Kitzbühel is here and it's been confirmed um as long as there isn't a spike but they've confirmed that Kitzbühel is happening well then nobody's going to Austria right now so it's it should be fine don't go blaming us <laughs> uh, the Brexit strains back um so uh, I mean my biggest concern with kids at the moment is it that the, all the pictures they've been putting up, it's just it has to stop snowing. Um, so at some point, they're going to need to stop snowing so they can get the piece as, as solid as possible. Like, they did a bit this week where they, they, the Instagram for the Han and Karma account is, is quite fun to follow at the moment because the, they're showing the setting up of all the arches where all the electrical stuff's going, but also just trying to keep the piece clear and keep it solid. Uh, I think they, they, the army have turned up today to start doing their kind of like specialist help. Um, so it's, yeah. What is the it's forecast? Exciting. Are we are we seeing a forecast moving forward? No, no, I haven't checked this week. I was too busy looking up stats for previous races. <laughs> Jesus, the we we need to get a new weatherman in. We've got to. It's a problem when you have as many nicknames as this. So too many jobs to do before you start recording. It actually look it looks quite decent for until Friday, and then it's snowing and raining again for the weekend. So that's. At least the slope will be good, you know. Like that's they can ski in a bit of rain and snow. That's okay. It's only kids, bro. It's, ba- 
there's better not to see anything anyway down there, I guess. <laughs> Less stuff to be afraid of. <laughs> I can't even see what's happening down here anyway. <laughs> it is, for me, the the best race of the year to watch. Not, not necessarily the best one to be a part of, but certainly the best one to watch. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Double downhill is... I don't think it's going to be an issue in terms of physical because it's it's not the longest downhill on the tour. And actually, I mean, it's this isn't me trying to be flippant about it, but the top section is incredibly difficult. Then the middle section of Kitchell actually isn't that bad. And then obviously from the... Um, the Red Bull jump to the bottom is 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 difficult. So it's I don't think it's one that's going to be you know a physical challenge. But these guys are incredibly fit and incredibly strong, um, and so. But it's a it's a case of getting away with, you know, having to do two race runs at Kitzbühel. And somebody that won't be there is Blumen Ormot Kilder doing himself a damage. If you haven't seen it, I think he's put it up on his Instagram now. He's done his knee. Um, in a fairly innocuous crash, real shame, real shame, robbed us of of a um, a great battle going forward. And even Alexi Pantero put a very nice message on on social media saying he was looking forward to the fight. I mean, I'm sure he's you know it's not it's not just been handed to him already. There are other what, people. What there. he actually means is thank you for that giant globe. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get to win off you last year because the last <laughs> the last races got cancelled. No, it is it is a horrible injury to to have, but. Uh, and it is it has definitely robbed us of a really good uh, what was shaping up to be a really good battle between him and Pantero realistically for the for the overall. But yeah, that's I mean having your knee rebuilt's horrible, um, and obviously really wanting like him to get back as as soon as possible for that. But it's 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 really blown the uh, standings for the speed events wide open because he had a. 30 point lead pretty much over over everyone in the downhill standings um so the guys behind him so Matthias Meyer Ryan Cochran Siegel and uh Korean Ball are going to be licking their lips and and trying to work out where they can start bringing these points in from um it's crazy to see who we'd normally be talking about Foyts and Paris down in fifth and eighth in the standings so far now Paris is coming back off an injury but we haven't quite worked out what's going on with uh with Beat Foyts this season I'm actually. I also uh, wanted to quickly point out that Kaviotl is he injured as well? Do we know anything on that? Um, because he's leading the Super G standing, which would be another blow, um, specifically for the Swiss team, because he was he was smashing it this year, really so far. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen an update on his injury because he obviously had the the bad concussion and and a knee injury that was under further investigation. But I haven't seen anything from the. Swiss team to say what that injury was or wasn't, whether they confirmed it in, in the end. But yeah, uh, the, if he is out, that's the leader of both standings, not available for a weekend. Yeah, we've we, there hasn't been a, an update that, that I've seen either. So they're keeping their cards, cards close to their chest, as are Tommy Ford's injuries. I think they're being kept close to his chest as well. I think everybody just trying to regroup because any injuries now, it's a bit, it's a bit premature potentially but th- this has a knock-on effect to the olympics right so any injuries that you start picking up now olympics are just over a year away so acl injury you're looking at nine nine months really before you're back on snow a couple of months finding your feet that takes you basically to basically to christmas and then you, you know you're going to be trying winning 
Olympic medal. So all of a sudden it becomes this massive push and race for time to try and get these guys back fit, strong and healthy again. But yeah, it does blow the blow the um the tour wide open. Will we see one of the young guns like somebody like Korean Bull coming and picking up um globes potentially? Who knows? Um are you gentlemen ready for some picks for the downhill? More importantly, Ed, are you ready to do something? Well, I'm not I'm not ready. No. Um, <laughs> As is always the case, Ed is not ready. Let's hope you have something prepared for today because I need to have some dinner at some stage and otherwise I'm not never gonna finish with you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to uh, uh, have to say that I'm I haven't got any prepared. Okay. But maybe don't you pick, can the big Kilda or Cabietzel, please. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> maybe um, you can go on the new homepage later and have a look at it yeah and I'll just, just do the pigs there no, no I'm, I'm i'm gonna commit i'm gonna commit to now but i'll let marcel i'll let you go first because i feel like you can have you can have, you will do them in single rounds so that you can't just pick a double oh, f- sake i was going for a lot of doubles here <laughs> <laughs> i go first kids will race matthias meyer okay uh ben oh, stealing my picks already all right i'll swap mine the other way around the second day was going to be my really out of the box picks, but I'll move it to the first day. Max Franz, I haven't picked Max in ages. Whew. All right, I mean that is that is an out the box pick. So you know you go you go out the box. I am going to go Kriegmeier race one. Ben, would you like to go first for the second downhill? That will be Matthias Meyer. Then I'll get for I'll get, I'll get him in early. I'm going to go next. And I am going to go Ryan Cochran Siegel. Oh, f- <laughs> I wanted to go for him. <laughs> you know what? I don't even care if he wins now. Just <laughs> I hate going last. I hate it. Um, you know what? I'm actually Dominic Paris. He tore his ACL just before Kidsville last year. I think it's going to be the circle of life is going to finish there and he's going to win the second day. Okay. All right. Dominic Paris. I am going to then go first for the Super G, so give me 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> I'm, oh, I think it's really difficult, the Super G, especially if you do look at the start looking at the standings, you've got the top two out, uh, and then and then you've got Kriegmeier, who's in third, 141, Sejersted on 140, Jansrud 140, Ryan C- Cochran Siegel on 132, so it's pretty tight. I'm going to go with Odomat. None of those people. None of those people. <laughs> I may regret my out out the box, but yeah, that's what I'm going. I'm going to do Matt. I mean, he's definitely got more of a chance than my version of out the box has. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's next? Me or Marcel? Uh, Marcel, do you want to go next? Do not get mad? Let's get Marcel. Otherwise, he's just going to hang up anyway. All right. And I give an explanation why. I think three downhill trainings and two downhills is going to be really tough for people only skiing downhill. That's why I'm going for Pintero because he's going to be fresh. <laughs> he's going to be fresh. <laughs> Coming off a slalom podium, being in the top 10 last year, I think it's the year for him to get one of those trophies. And he's sponsored by Red Bull, so they'll probably, you know, work something to help and him. And I'm too, I'm too, <laughs> I'm, I'm mentioning him quite a lot here. So he's sponsored by Red Bull. <laughs> uh, ben, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Yandrud for the Super G. Okay. Yeah, because he was a bit under the weather the other day, wasn't he? As well, last weekend. Yeah, and he's, he's got he's got history in 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 Kitsby. He's he's won the Super G there before, and without the the, the top guys, I'm 
kind of leaning on experience more than anything else for one of the more scary tracks. Uh, okay, on to the ladies. So, ladies, uh, same schedule, downhill, downhill, Super G. <clears throat> I kind of feel like we're just going to rotate round the sort of <laughs> the inform three here. Ben, would you like to go first? Uh, day one, God, yeah. Uh, I'll go day one, Suter. Thanks for that. I'll, that's that's my picks are gone. Um, <laughs> so I go. Oh, bloody hell! I need to look. Mm, actually, I go for Esther Lelechka. Okay, Marcel, you you can go first in the uh, second downhill if you like. Uh, I go for Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I might. Ben, who are you going to go for? I know who I'm going to go for, but you can go first. Uh, I hope he's I gonna take Goober on me. You're going to go who? Goober on me. Oh, I like Goober on me pick. Um, so you, was, was that your pick though? Did you want no, the suit to double? Pick. No, no, I won't go suit to double. I feel like people going for doubles is a bit lame. I feel like that's like a bit... Unless it's a Bacino double and you get 10 points. Yeah, I know. It's hard, isn't it? Because <laughs> the, the Bacino double was very popular at the weekend, as was the Noel double. So, well, that worked out pretty well. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Johnson for the other downhill. I think oh, she's going to step up and deliver. The Super G then is on the Sunday. So we've done our two downhills. Now onto the Sunday's Super G. I'm going to go first. And I am going to say Goot Barami. Who is going next? Ben, you go. I'm going to go with uh, Esther Ledetko in the Super G. And I'll go with Marta Vecino. He's, a, he's, a, he's, on, he's on one this time, isn't he, Ben? Yeah, he wants the winners, wants all the winners. Yeah, you know what? I gave, I gave people a lot of breaks now, um, and I'm going to go for it this weekend. Uh, we, what we're going to do, because we've got the Tuesday races again coming up quite quickly, means that we've not got enough time for the to stick in a pod on the between Sunday and the race on Tuesday. So we're going to go for our picks and want you guys to get your picks in for Schladming and Kromplatz as well. So Schladming and Kromplatz are both on Tuesday. Schladming, obviously a slalom. Kromplatz is a giant slalom. And then we're going to stick a pod out before the following races at the weekend, which the men are racing Chamonix double slalom. I can't remember what the ladies are racing. Ben, have you got your calendar open there? I do. The women are in Garmisch. And they're in Garmisch, aren't they? So for the slalom, do you want to let's go for the men slalom uh, schladming um ben you can go first i mean marcel's going to pick pantro so if you want to annoy him you could go pantro <laughs> <laughs> uh, no i'm gonna i'm gonna back the uh i'm gonna back noel to get the get the finish and get the win uh, against his current form uh, okay marcel what about you are you quite rightly said what i'm gonna go for okay i am gonna go for pintero um, and I'm going to return to Foss Solovac. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, poor him. He's not going to win again. <laughs> I'm just going to return to him. And the ladies' giant slalom. Um... Shotgun Bacino. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. You know, I think, I, think I should you know, be going first now. I should be going first now. No, because Ben's lowest in the league. So in theory, you should get to, you, <laughs> oh. Ben gets to go first, and then you can get to go last. Yeah, but this is like if you if this you is, do well, you should be you should be rewarded. You shouldn't be rewarded if you don't do well. What do you mean? Well, he's not having any points. He shouldn't be rewarded. 
It's it's reverse. It's reverse on the second half of the year. I just made the flip myself. <laughs> but you're not in top, you're not in top thirty, so yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even get a second run. <laughs> so he's he's disqualified. He's not out to do any more picks. Uh, or we just don't. Maybe none of us do Bassino. Let's go non-Bassino. Okay, none of us can go Bassino. So Ben, you can get to go first with the non-Bassino pick. I really don't want to curse and say Tessa, but I'm going to be <laughs> back on the Tessa train. Let's do it. So you're going to say Tessa Worley. So apologies, Tessa, for that one. Mm. Marcel, you go while it's picking. I'll go for... No. 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 <laughs> no. Uh, I am going to go for Schifrin. Oh, for sake. <laughs> uh, no, I have to think again. Um... Let me have a let me have a quick think. So I go for uh, actually, Michelle Gizin. Oh, that's that's who my um, that's who my conundrum was. That was the that was. Some... I'm I... rather happy with my picks actually. Yeah, you you're not gonna throw your toys out of the pram. Nope. Okay. How, how far am I behind? The, how far am I behind the leader? Because that is, yeah. going to be close after this week. That's for sure. You are so Dave's leading on sixty and Marcel. Sorry, I just got to scroll down to find you. Marcel, you have 47, so you're a full 13 points behind, but there are a lot of points on offer. I was going to say, we've just picked 40 points worth of picks, so uh, if anyone has a particularly good week, you can do a lot of moving up the up the board. Based on my picks, it's highly unlikely for that to be me. <laughs> well, it's, it's worse for the ones you picked, the races you picked, because they're going to go down in the standings, that's for sure. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Gents, have you got anything? Have you got anything to add? No, nothing ever. No, no, nothing from my side. Okay, awesome. All right, boys, thanks very much for your time. Uh, until next time, bye for now. <laughs>